So in our hymnal, um, right under Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, the title is, is a quote from Revelation uh, chapter 4, verse 8. They rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Undoubtedly, that's the basis for uh, this hymn, but, but the third verse uh, could have come right out of Exodus 19 and 20. Holy, 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 though the darkness hide thee, though the eye of sinful man thy glory may not see, only thou art holy, there is none beside thee, perfect in power, in love, in purity. Like I said, that could have come right out of uh, Exodus 19 and 20, and, and we're going to get there uh, tonight to some to, to much of that anyway. So it's been it feels like a long time since we have uh, met. Uh, Pastor Dan, I know, had this last week, but but it has been since um, I think it was August 21st, the last time we were in Exodus. We had several weeks where we had things at church, and so um, we haven't been in Exodus for a long time, so it's probably a good idea to review just a little bit of where we are. Um, we do that anyway, but uh, so the people have come out of Egypt. It's been so long ago, we got to remember that. They've crossed the Red Sea, and God has led them to the base of Mount Sinai. So that's the place where the burning bush was. Uh, it is also the place of the Ten Commandments, and that's what's coming up right after Exodus 19. So the Ten Commandments, we will begin next week uh, in Exodus chapter 20. So Moses has gone up onto the mountain, up to Mount Sinai, and the Lord has given him instructions of what to tell the people. And just quickly for your review, again... We'll go over a few verses, just read through them, make just a couple of comments for review. Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel. So this is the Lord speaking to Moses. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant... You shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So pay attention to that verse. Now, therefore, if, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Well, God was telling Moses to go and tell the people that, so he did. Uh, that's what you have in the next couple of verses. Um, and as we know, Israel hasn't been very good about the if part of that. So, uh, if it seems like you have heard something about kingdom of priests and holy nation, if you think you've heard something like that in less than five weeks, 
that might mean that you were paying attention this morning in Dan's sermon. I'm not sure, but here's what he read from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim. And so this was, this was what uh, Dan's message was this morning, so that we're supposed to proclaim, right? So that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into a marvelous light. So knowing God and making him known uh, is what we are about here. So that's where we'll pick it up right from um, Exodus, right after Exodus 19.8. We'll start in Exodus uh, 19.9. We're at the base of Mount Sinai still. God has um, told Moses what to say. Moses has done that. Now, the ESV will we'll kind of go by the paragraph breaks here uh, in this section beginning in 9. Actually, ESV starts it in 9b, um, and then it runs, so the second part of verse 9, and then it runs through verse 15, their paragraph break, and then 16 to 20, and then 21 to 25. So we'll... we'll, we'll Pay attention to those breaks. Um, We're going to have three points tonight, one from each of those paragraphs. Uh, And in order to keep from reading the whole section at once, we'll read the paragraphs ahead of time, and then we'll comment on them. We'll read uh, as we come to each section. So the title for tonight is Access to the Holy God. And here is our thesis, which we're going to deal with mostly at the end. Jesus solves our problems with access to the Holy God. Because there are problems for us to have access to the Holy God. The, problem, the first problem is he is holy, but we are not holy. We are not holy. The second problem we have is that we need a mediator. Uh, And the third problem we have is that access to God is by invitation. So those will be our points. Again, one from each paragraph that we're going to to, uh, look at. And we'll start by reading Exodus 19, 9 to 15. And again, remember the ESV break is uh, part of verse 9 is in the previous paragraph. And so we'll deal with that a little bit separately. So 19a, this is the, here's what it says. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and may also believe you forever. When Moses told the words of the people to the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. And let them wash their garments and be ready for on the third day, be ready for the third day, for on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. And you shall set limits for the people all around, saying, take care not to go up into the mountain or touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall be stoned or shot. 
whether beast or man, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and consecrated the people. And they washed their garments. And he said to the people, Be ready for the third day, and do not go near a woman. Okay, so the Lord is coming down on a thick cloud. So let it, let's, uh, let's look at this. Access to the holy God. And even before we get to our first point, let's talk about God and his holiness. And the, and, and the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am coming to you. So right away the question is, well, isn't God everywhere? Well, yes, God is everywhere. That's, that's all over in, in Psalm 139. But there are places where he has a special presence. And he, when he comes down, that's usually the case. He comes down many times in Scripture and several times in the Old Testament. And God is said that he is coming to Moses. So it doesn't really seem like there would be a problem with access to God when he's coming down. So why then does God say that he is coming to you in a thick cloud? Well, from that hymn, For the eye of sinful man thy glory may not see. So he comes to us in a thick cloud and and in Exodus 33:20 uh, he's going to tell Moses this but you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live and from the new testament just a little bit different uh, saying this is this is what it says in 1 Timothy 6:16 6, God and this is talking about God who alone has immortality and who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. So God comes to them in a dark cloud, in a thick cloud, so that they cannot see him. And the reason is because he is holy. So the Evangelical Free Church has a statement of faith. We have membership class going on right now. Uh, and the first point of the membership class is about God. So the, the ten articles of faith of the Evangelical Free Church. The first one is about God. And this is how it begins. We believe in one God, creator of all things, holy, infinitely perfect, and eternally existing in a loving unity of three equally divine persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's just the first sentence. But, but you notice how it starts. The Creator, one God, the Creator, holy and infinitely perfect. So that's what we're dealing with tonight. A God who is holy and infinitely perfect. So what does it mean that God is holy? Well, um, John Frame uh, 
has a systematic theology book, and, and I think it just does a, a, he does such a good job of, of explaining it and making it understandable for all of us. I'm just going to read a few things from Frame's, uh, from Frame's discussion of God's holiness. Holiness, then, is God's capacity and right to arouse our reverent awe and wonder. It is his uniqueness, his transcendence as our creator. It is his majesty, for the holy God is like a great kind whom we dare not treat like any other persons. So, so set apart, right? Indeed, God's holiness impels us to worship in his presence. And because we are sinners as well as creatures, God stands over and against us, not only as transcendent, but as ethically pure. So all of those things are contained in God's holiness. It is particularly as sinners that we dare not enter God's holy presence. When Isaiah heard the seraphs, so those are angels, cry, holy, 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 he immediately remembered his own sin. Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So that's all contained in his in, in God's holiness. And as sinners, we can't stand in that presence. And so, God is coming down for a purpose. God is coming down for a purpose, and that is this. That the people may hear, not see, right? That the people may hear when I speak to you, and may also believe you forever. So that, that's God's purpose in coming down to speak with Moses and his purpose from being hidden from their sight is so that they will know that Moses is speaking for God. A few, few years ago, I was having a discussion with somebody. It's been a long time ago now about, about uh, spiritual things, and, and, and he was making the case that, you know, well, about the Ten Commandments. Just about everybody says with the Ten Commandments, well, you know, why do you think, why do you think that God would accept you? Well, because I, I keep the commandments, right? That's right out of the New Testament. People think that way. I've never killed anybody. This guy had a different approach. Well, guy went up on a mountain for 40 days, made up these things. Well, what it says in Exodus rules that out. God spoke in a voice so that the people could hear, and specifically the, the things that are coming up in the next, at the beginning of the next chapter, the Ten Commandments. God spoke that people would know that, that he was speaking through Moses, that Moses was not making this up, that the people could trust him forever. So Moses is the mediator of God's holy message. So, so here's our problem then. God is holy, but we are not. 
His frame said, We are sinners as well as creatures, and God stands over and against us, not as only transcendent, but ethically pure. We are not ethically pure, so we dare not enter his holy presence. When Moses told the words of the people to the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. So what, is, what does that exactly mean? Well, cons- consecrate is taking, taken from the word for holy. So make them holy. God tells uh, Moses to go and make them, or it could be a person or a thing, Holy. So how can Moses do that? Well, obviously, he cannot make them morally pure. So this is referring to some kind of a ceremonial cleansing, um, which is indicated by this next line, and let them wash their garments. So that's meant to symbolize something that's happening internally. Okay, So... It implies that there is something happening internally, that there's something going on inside you to, to, to sanctify. And then we're on the outside, we're going to show that by this ceremony. And it can't work the other way around, right? The ceremony can't ever be the thing that, that actually makes us pure, or makes us holy. And we can never be fully holy, so, but, but God does tell him to consecrate the people. And it says that he did that, that he consecrated them. Uh, so holy can also, though, mean just set apart. Set them apart from other things, from common things. And be ready for the third day, for on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all people. Of course, that means in the cloud. The people are going to see the cloud Um, as well as a lot more than the cloud, but they are going to see the cloud. And you shall set limits for the people all around, saying, Take care not to go up onto the mountain or touch the edge of it. So God is holy, and the mountain is off limits because that's where God is. It's holy ground because he is there. So they're not to touch it at all. And whoever touches the mountain shall be put to get death. So, so God's pretty serious about his holiness, I would say. We don't tend to think of it that way. Um, a few weeks ago, reading something from the Billy Graham Association, came from Billy Graham, but here, here's the quote that it, it quoted Billy saying this, Don't take the holiness of God lightly. For it is the very essence of his character. So if we want to know what God is like, Exodus is a good place to start. God is serious about holiness, and sin has alienated us from God and made us helpless to approach him because we're not holy. It's made us his enemies. And no hand shall touch him, But he shall be stoned or shot 
whether beast or man, he shall not live. That's the, the things that, that touch the mountain. When the trumpet sounds a long blast, they shall come up on the mountain. So God decides who's going on the mountain and when they come out there on the mountain. Ah, I missed a verse or two. Let me grab it. So after verse 13, we have verses 14 and 15. I probably just accidentally deleted them. Apologize for that. Exodus 19, verse 14. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and consecrated the people, and they washed their garments. That's exactly what what he said, what God told him to do. And he said to the people, Be ready. For the third day, do not go near a woman. Well, that's interesting, right? Well, it isn't because um, relations with a spouse are, are sinful. In fact, Scripture is completely clear that that's the opposite thing, that that's the thing that's supposed to happen. But even in the, the Old Testament law, when there were relations between a husband and a wife, they would be ceremonial unclean for a short period of time. Now David, David um, when David was escaping from Saul, he goes to the priest and says, we're hungry, can you give us something to eat? And the priest said to them, well, if the men have kept their vessels pure. In other words, if they they haven't been sexually active, then you can eat this holy bread. And David said, of course we've been that way, because we always are whenever we go out. We are always that way. So, again, it isn't that um, sexual relations are sinful. It's just that they make a person ceremonially unclean for a short time, until evening. So um, that's, what's, that's what's there. So second thing is that we need a mediator. This is also a problem for us. So I'll just read through these verses. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. When Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of, foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of a trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. And the Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain. And the Lord called to Moses, called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. So again, our point, the problem that we have is that we need a mediator. So on the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings. And a thick cloud on the mountain, and a very loud trumpet blast, 
so that all the people in the camp trembled. So before, Moses had only mentioned that this was going to be a thick cloud, or God had only mentioned that this was going to be a thick cloud. Much more than that, um, it sounds more like something that we would describe as a severe thunderstorm. Now, now, most of us like thunder. I don't know about most of us. Some of us like thunderstorms. I like thunderstorms. I like to watch thunderstorms. Right? Um, some of my favorite thunderstorms are when I've been in the Black Hills, and you just hear the echo of things, echo of those thunder claps, you know, over and over again down canyons or whatever. It's, it's just a great thing. We like that. Like to watch those through our patio doors. But when there's a really severe thunderstorm, the meteorologist gets on TV or on the radio and says, don't go outside. Right? Go into your basement. Hide in your basement. They didn't have basements. Right? These, these people are living in tents. So probably an appreciation for this. One, one, you may have done so too, but been outside in a really, really, really bad thunderstorm, like, like a tornado type of a thunderstorm. Now that is a frightening experience. There's no place to go. There's no place to hide. And this, by what's, what's coming up next, is worse than that. You'll see that it's worse than that. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God. So they come out in this. They're following uh, Moses. And they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. And the smoke went, smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln. And the whole mountain trembled Greatly Sounds more like an earthquake, right? God's presence coming down on the mountain. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. Now that might make an impression on you. Remember why God says he's coming down. So that the people will hear me speaking to you and believe in you. Believe in you, their meteor, mediator, basically forever. And just, just think about the New Testament and when Jesus quotes Moses and they quote Moses back to Jesus. The people quote Moses back to Jesus. The people, the people of this nation believed Moses. And the Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain and Moses went up. So, so God doesn't allow the people to come up on the mountain. He allows Moses to come up the mountain. And, and during all of this, Moses obeys. God calls him up on this mountain that has been like a kiln. And Moses comes up. He's their mediator. And this is actually just a fulfillment of what what. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, had said the previous chapter back in, back in Exodus 18. He said this, Now obey my voice. I will give you advice, and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God. 
and bring their cases to God. And you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. So that's, that's Moses' role, summarized by Jethro as he commands him what to do. And Moses, Moses does what Jethro asks him to do. And he becomes that. He becomes that mediator for the people. And even after he has consecrated the people, he's made them holy, he's set them apart, they still can't approach the, the mountain. They still can't go up on the mountain. Moses gets to go up on the mountain. He is the mediator. He's the one that can go up for them when they've consecrated themselves so they can hear what God says. Then Moses goes up. And that is, a, that, is, that is a problem for us. Even having Mo- Moses as a mediator is a problem for us. It's a problem for us because, for one thing, Moses can't be in two places at one time. Moses is a human like we're a human. And it's a problem for us that Moses is our mediator, our mediator for this people, because he's not God. Third problem is access to God is by invitation. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down and warn the people, lest they break through to the Lord to look, and many of them perish. So let the priests who come near to the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out and against them. And Moses said to the Lord, the people cannot come up to the mount, to Mount Sinai, for you yourself have warned us, saying, set limits around the mountain and consecrate us. just want to make a point here about this. Um, so this is an interesting conversation. I'm backed up to the previous couple of verses. It's a conversation between the Lord and Moses. Um, and it has commentators write things, that say, well, this, this seems kind of clunky. Well, that, that's, that's my word for it, but that's my interpretation of what they said. This thing seems kind of, seems, seem to be out of place, or maybe like part of the original text is missing, or maybe that it's been, it's, it just doesn't seem like it reads very well uh, all the way through this. And so we'll read through it, and, and you'll probably see that, but, but as we read through it, I'll just make a comment on each couple of verses here, um, and this is how I understand it. So I, I don't think it seems that clunky to me, um, but, but here we go. And, and the Lord said to Moses, go down and warn the people, lest they break through to the Lord to look, and many of them perish. So, so God's warning Moses to warn them. And also let the priests who come near to the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. So they are not holy. There are things that they're not supposed to do. Right? Makes sense? And the Lord said to, or and Moses said to the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for you yourself warned us, saying, Set limits around the mountain and consecrate it. So the Lord has told him to go down, and he says, and, and warn them. He said, well, that's, that's already been done, right? You already set the limit. You already told us that we can't come up on the mountain. So don't worry about it. 
You've, you've told us that we're going to do that. And the Lord says back, Go down and bring up Aaron with you, but do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to the Lord, lest he break out against them. He repeats himself. He says, no, I told you to go down there and tell them. Right? We think that if we hear something one time, that's enough. That's not enough for God. God repeats it over and over again. He tells us to repeat these over, things over and over again, because why? We forget, we get distracted, we do our own thing. God repeats it for that reason. I don't think that seems strange at all, that, that he would do that, that it wouldn't happen that way. So Moses went down to the people and told them, God knows we need to have these things repeated. So here was our, here was our problem, though. Access to God is by invitation, And the Lord said to Moses, Go down and warn the people, lest they break through to the Lord, to look, and many of them perish. Also let the priests who come near to the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. Here's another one of those. This is actually one of those places where commentators think this this is kind of out of place as well. Um, Because the priesthood of Israel has not yet been set. So we don't know yet, or they didn't know yet necessarily, that the line of Aaron and the Levites were going to be the priests. That comes later. So, so what does this mean then? Well, Israel had someone functioning as priests. It might be those, and I think as good a, as good a theory as any is this, that it was the firstborn of the people of Israel. Because remember what what God said when the people came out of, out of Egypt after the death of all the firstborn of the Egyptians. He said this, Consecrate to me, same word, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast, is mine. And then, Later, in Numbers 8, so this would be Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, still in the desert. For they, referring to the Levites, are wholly given to me from among the people of Israel. So this is the people who end up being priests and and serving. um, Instead of all who open the womb, the firstborn of all the people of Israel. I have taken them for myself. So the Levites are in place of all the firstborn that God says consecrate to me. So there are other theories, but that one seems to make the most sense. But, but the other thing about this is it looks like that the priests are given some kind of access onto the mountain or potentially onto the mountain or maybe up closer to the mountain than the regular people are. Than the people who are not priests. Maybe there's some kind of a limited access, but it certainly doesn't qualify as what God says, come up onto the mountain That when he speaks to Moses. But God takes his holiness seriously. And, and Moses said to the Lord, the people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for you yourself has warned us, saying, set limits around the mountain 
and consecrate it. And and the Lord said, Go down and come up, bringing Aaron and you. So, So now the Lord invites not only Moses, but he invites Aaron. Access to God is by invitation, and it's only the people that he requests to come up can come up. And so the priests hear, but do not let the priests and the people break through and come to the Lord, lest he break out against them. The priests and the people are lumped in together in relation to Moses and Aaron. Moses and Aaron are given access to God. They're the ones that are to go up on the mountain. So Moses went down to the people and told them. So access to the holy God is severely limited. Only Moses and Aaron get to go up. The priests don't get to go up. The people don't get to go up. The people cannot go up. So and that's a problem for them. And it is also a problem for us because God is holy and we are not. And we need a mediator. And we need an invitation. Which brings us back to the thesis at the beginning. Jesus solves our problems with access to the Holy God. So back to what God said to the people of Israel. Now therefore, if you will obey, indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you will be my treasured possession among all the peoples. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Well, that's a big if there. right? That is a big if. So Jesus solves that. Jesus solves that problem. Jesus solves our problems with access to the Holy God. So back to Peter. Back to that passage we quoted from Peter that, that Pastor Dan had in his sermon this morning. First uh, Peter uh, chapter 2. So Peter's writing to those who, were, who are born again. He says right at the beginning of his letter, a couple, two, three verses in, to the ones that are born again, to those who believe in Jesus Christ. And he says this, But you are a chosen race. There's no if. Right? There's no if. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Obviously, this comes right from the Exodus passage. Jesus has fulfilled that, right? Jesus has given us the access to the holy God. We were not holy. But now we are a holy people. Jesus solves that problem. We were not holy. But here's what it says in Hebrews. For by a single offering, he, that is Christ, has, protect, has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. That's another word for making holy. Those who are saying, by a single offering, he's perfected. For all those, for all time, those who are being sanctified. 
We need a mediator. First Timothy 2.5 For there is one God and one mediator also between God and men. The man, Jesus Christ. So our mediator doesn't have the same problem Moses had of being just a man. Jesus Christ is fully God. Jesus Christ is fully man. And he is our mediator. Fully God because God can only, it is only God who can forgive sins. Right? And Jesus Christ is our mediator. Tempted in every way as we are and yet without sin. He's like us. He is God. I don't mean we are like God. <laughs> we are God. We need an invitation. Well, this should be, should be pretty easy for all of us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him, uh, as King James says, whosoever believes in him, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So through Jesus Christ, we now have access to the Holy God. And here's, here's how Paul puts it in, in Ephesians. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose, which he, that is God, carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. So Jesus does all of those things with our access to God. He gives us access and frame also uh, makes a note about God's holiness. So God's holiness then, which initially seems so forbidding and judgmental, is the means of our salvation. God draw, draws us into his presence, making us friends. Those drawn into God's circle are holy in contrast to the profane world. Let's close in prayer and then we'll have our final hymn. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who you came to reconcile us, who, who you sent to reconcile us to you, who not only forgives our sin, but makes us righteous before you. And Lord, gives us access to your throne. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight and that we were able to come and, and read through it and study it. And again, Lord, we pray for the fellowship of these believers. We pray that you would strengthen them as we go. In Jesus' name, amen.